Welcome everyone. So Matt asked me to speak a few weeks ago and my initial thing was, man, I got so much going on in my life. I don't really have time. Uh, no thanks. Thanks, but no thanks. And the more I thought about it, I thought, you know, Matt does so much for us and works so incredibly hard. I thought, you know, I can do it. And I hope everyone like kind of walks away with something today that I can give you a perspective. That's what we're going to talk about is perspective that um, maybe you thought about maybe you need to be reminded of. I certainly got a blessing out of it just studying it this week about how perspectives can change over time, how um, perspective versus perception can certainly influence, or perception can certainly influence perspective. But, um, you know, looking at it through, through more of a, I'd say more of a spiritual long-term goal, in-game goal, I think perspective is very, very important. So um, before I go any further, I want to thank the musicians. Has everyone not, like, I mean, our musicians, our praise team's pretty incredible. Let's give a hand. Yep. They, uh, they work very hard and behind the scenes, I mean, to get prepared. But they do such a great job. It's such a blessing. And um, I know Riley's not here this week. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, her trip to India. Um, Mark will cover that at the end. But... Yeah, it's just it's just such a such a blessing to have a praise team that's so committed to worshiping through music and their voices, and I just get such a blessing out of it. So, um, yeah, that, I wanted to at least call them out. So we're gonna start. If I can figure out how to work this thing. It's all about perspective, and then going back to looking at definitions of perspective. So perspective has a couple of different applications as far as definition. You can have perspective drawings, you can have perspective um, designs, um, but the one that I wanna focus on today is the noun uh, definition, and it's a particular way of thinking about something, especially one that is influenced by your beliefs or experiences. So we all have perspective. Now, interesting enough, perspectives can change. And quite frankly, they should change. And a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of people, me included, have gotten perspective and perception kind of like utilizing those as the same thing. They're not. So what is perception? Perception involves the way we view the world around us. It adds meaning to information gathered via five senses of touch, smell, hearing, vision, and taste. Perception is the primary vehicle through which we come to understand our surroundings and ourselves. Love that image. Of, who's seen the image of the cat that thinks it's a lion? I mean, who can't relate to that? I mean, that's, that's, a, great, that's a great visual cue. And, and I have a lot of slides today. So I'm a visual person. That's the, the industry that I work in is visual advertising. So for me, I love like slides. I just think they will go through some quotes. We'll go through five steps that we can, I don't want to say improve our perception or even um, our perspective. I'd say five steps that are just healthy steps that will allow us to open our mind to making sure our perspective is a perspective that's pleasing to Jesus. And what we'll find is that when we are doing these things, our lives improve. 
I mean, life is hard. Is life easy for everybody in this building? It's hard for me right now. <laughs> life is hard. And that's one of the things that's so incredible about being able to come to TAF and support one another and look after each other. Just a friendly hi. A friendly, are you doing okay? And sometimes, quite frankly, I tell people I'm okay and I'm not. And that's probably not a best practice. But life is hard. So I think our perspective is crucial that we can maintain and we can stay focused on what's most important, the end game. What's the end game? What are we trying, where are we trying to get to? Because we talked about it in Sabbath this morning. Pastor Costin mentioned that, or even Mike mentioned that, you're not gonna take any of this stuff with you. They're not gonna throw your money and your cars and your gold or anything else in your casket. There is an end game that we all have to be working towards. So for me, this week, I was really like, kind of opened my eyes that these principles that I'm going to talk about will help us sharpen, I think is the right word, sharpen our perspective. The perspective is more important than the perception. So the perception is you notice something, you're influenced by it, it could be the music, it could be the emotion, it could be the visual cue, but the perspective that you walk away with is much more important than the perception. I pulled a few things here that I thought were really interesting. This is, um, I can't remember what they call this type of photography and imagery, but it's definitely, it's definitely based on uh, perspective and I just love like how all of these images are, at first glance, they appear one way, but in reality, there's a little more involved, and it's about depth, and it's about content and composition. Check that out. <laughs> I mean, at first glance, it's like, what is that? Like, but it's interesting how the angles and even the, the how things are composed in a shot will affect how we view that like initially like what's your what's your first thought this one's even better <laughs> I mean I had to look at that like a couple of minutes to really like okay well that's what they did that's really the bird's eye another one now this is like how in the world? But it's interesting, all you have to do is flop it. That's how they did it. What? <laughs> there you go. Perspective. Anybody have a dog that can walk on a wall? You do? <laughs> well, maybe things are not quite as they seem. Another one, like, I couldn't find a way to visually showcase how they did this, but obviously they're laying on their backs and the camera's above, shooting down. Another one for perception, like, or, or perspective, like, the cat thinks he's a lion, but you know what? Maybe the lion thinks he's a cat, which is kind of cool. 
So as we talk about perspective, and I thought this was interesting. We've all heard this a million times, half full, half empty, half full, half empty. How do you view it? You know, do you view it as half full or half empty? Well, I promise you this, if you're on an island and you're about to, to, to die of thirst, you would view it as half full. If you've got plenty of water, you're not even concerned about water or thirst, you might would perceive it as half empty. Well, what about this idea? Technically, the glass is always full. Now, it may not be full with what your perspective of what's in the glass, but technically, it's always full, half air, half water. This is a fantastic perspective. So the guy on the island that's just waiting on somebody to come pick him up, he sees a boat, boat, awesome. What about the guy on the boat? Man, I thought that was really an interesting visual cue that, you know what, your perspective is very important. What do you see? What's your attitude? Life is hard. Life is not easy. It's difficult. But when you get up, you do your prayers, you do your devotions, hopefully you do some exercise. How do you view your day? We're going to get to that. Maybe. There we go. So the five things I want to cover today, the first is servant. Be a servant to others. And this will greatly improve your outlook on life. Because when we become self-absorbed, and I'm not preaching because I'm not a, a I'm not a minister which you can already tell the way I talk what I'm saying though is that my experiences have told me that you need to do more of this I don't do enough of it so there are no perfect people in this church we're all guilty of selfishness we're guilty of not making time for things that are probably more important than maybe some of the things we're doing but servant to others, and what I'm going to do is each, each one of these, I'm going to start them out with the scripture because I don't want it to be like my words. I want to back up why these things are important based on God's word. So then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth, when you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. And obviously that's Matthew 25, or 25, 44 through 45. So I'm going to do something that Pastor Costin does quite a bit, and I'm going to reverse that for a second. So I love, I kind of love playing with these type of things. So Jesus is talking in the context of if you do not help those others, then you do the same thing to me. Well, what about if we say, okay, and he will answer, I tell you the truth. When you agreed to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were agreeing to help me. I love looking at things like that because it's not enough just to say that, you know what, you, you did not help those that came to you in need. A lot of times it's take the initiative to help those in need and you receive a blessing from it. This is interesting too. I ran across this quote. Leader is mentioned only six times in the Bible. 
So we all think leaders are like so important or, you know, they're so smart or they're so comfortable getting up, talking in front of people. Well, listen to the next part. Servant is mentioned 900 times. That's pretty incredible. So what that tells me is certainly being a servant, which we know Jesus came first and foremost to serve, that's very important. Um, Love this one. This is incredible. Everybody can be great because anybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love. And we all know the great man Martin Luther King. So that's, um, I thought that was pretty incredible. Last thing, and this was the sobering, one of the sobering slides for me is, you may be the only Bible some people will ever read. So that means whether you speak about seven-day Adventism, whether you speak about God, Jesus, salvation, gospel, your actions may be the only Bible that anybody or some, some folks would ever like read. And I'm telling you, people read. We all read each other. So certainly if you're witnessing to folks or you're talking about, hey, come to our church, there's a huge responsibility in your actions. So the servanthood part is pretty incredible. So I'll throw a quick story in here. I'm going to make sure that I don't talk for two hours. But <laughs> quick story, um, my mom and dad, you guys know, I, I talk about them all the time incessantly. I'm blessed to have great parents. But they, um, their servanthood came from a an odd situation they couldn't have kids and they love children they wanted children we all know that I'm adopted my brother's adopted but in looking back through a lot of my dad's stuff and my mom's stuff and talking to people like at their funerals that I didn't even know and I couldn't tell you how many people were like oh yeah your mom and dad used to come in our neighborhood and pick pick us up as children and take us to church and one person in particular Sylvia she um her husband that she eventually married became a minister and she always told me that you know my the example in the servanthood that your parents showed to me and their commitment to take me to church influenced my parents so her parents became saved so it's not about that I think they were like necessarily great people in fact my dad told me many times we got more blessing out of going and picking up the kids probably than a lot of those kids did but that's what's important. That's the end game. Number two, be honest. Like, show honesty. And honesty, we'll get to it, but honesty, uh, let's, let's read the verse first. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members, we are members one of another. Ephesians 4.25 love this in time lies bring turmoil where honesty brings peace being honest with yourself takes courage once you've done that you'll find the courage to be honest with others so honesty isn't just about making sure you're honest with your friends and your family you got to be honest with yourself too because I don't remember the quote but there's a, there's, a, there's a quote that, that's utilized for several different religions, and it's the true meaning of salvation is being honest. 
because we have a tendency to try to deceive ourselves and not really be honest. This is a great one too. God's truth will always win over Satan's lies. Number three, integrity. I think integrity should certainly be high on all of our list. Integrity is hard though. For we are taking great care to do what is right, not only in the eyes of the Lord, but also in the eyes of men. I thought that was interesting. We think so often about, you know what? I'm doing what God wants me to do. I'm doing, I'm pleasing God. I'm doing everything I can. Failing sometimes. I'm succeeding sometimes. Battling this thing. But I thought that was interesting. It's important, too, that we have integrity and we do what's right in the eyes of men. So why is that important? Integrity is choosing your thoughts and actions based on values rather than personal gain. But that was pretty incredible is you're getting to where is your treasure? Like, what is important to you? Is it your possessions or personal gain? Or is it literally you want to please God? I love this one. This is one that I've seen before, but I saw it in different contexts. Integrity is when our words and deeds are consistent with our intentions. Now, the one that I've always seen was our words and deeds are consistent with our actions. I love this one, though. It's not about just your actions. It's about what are your intentions. Integrity. What do you intend to do? The greatness of a man is not in how much wealth he acquires, but in his integrity, in his ability to affect those around him positively. And that's from the great artist Bob Marley. So definitely, um, I think the integrity aspect and another story. So when I was on the travel uh, college team and we came back from a tournament and my father was going to come pick me up, he uh, had to pick me up, and my flight was delayed out of Greensboro, and it's like 2.30 in the morning before we finally got everything unloaded and in the car, and we're driving down 68, and coming back home, he's going to drop me off, and we're just talking, and we come upon a light, and it's red. Well, there's no cars for miles, and so we're coming up on it. You can have full visibility, and he stops. I'm like, what are you doing, Dad? I'm like, why'd you stop? He's like, light's red. And kind of sat there a little awkwardly. And he looks at me with this really stern face. And he's like, what would you do? Would you stop? I'm like, I don't know, maybe. But i definitely go through it right now because nobody's coming. It's not changing. <laughs> I'll never forget this. And I said, well, Dad, why in the world are you sitting here? Like, why did you stop? And he said, I always stop. <laughs> so the application I've been to apply, or the way I've been able to apply that to my life is the more you do something and you do the right thing, the more it becomes a habit and it becomes easier. And when you're challenged, I just thought that was an amazing, and I'm not, I don't think he really intended that to be a lesson to me. I think he was just being honest. He was like, you come up on a red light, you stop. I always stop. I don't compromise for convenience. I don't compromise because I'm in a hurry. That's discipline. And that's 
to me, that's a great example of integrity. You always do the right thing. And you don't always do the right thing just for the other individual. You do the right thing for yourself. Love that. Like, that, that, that is something I can still see it to this day when he told me that. So now we're going to talk about respect. So we'll start with the verse. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Matthew seven twelve. I love some of these quotes. Respect is probably one of the things that is the biggest problem in our society. Is people do not respect each other. They do not respect experience. They do not respect what you've gone through. Sometimes we don't respect or even think about what they've gone through. And the respect for human life and safety. So respect is huge. So respect for ourselves, God's our morals. Respect for others, God's our manners. I thought that was really interesting. So in order to respect others, it starts with respecting ourselves. Oh, wow, this is a great one, too. Show respect to people even when they don't deserve it. Respect is a reflection of your character, not theirs. Which, again, hard to do, but important. If you have some respect for people as they are, (laughs) you can be more effective in helping them to become better than they are. Now, we talked about covetousness this morning. And a big part of covetousness is not only, I want that, like I want that, I want that, I want that. It's also, flip side is, I don't want them to have that. <laughs> they have a big boat. Like, they shouldn't have that, I should have that. And sometimes even just, they shouldn't have it. Like, who do they think they are? That is selfishness. That's sinful. So, when you talk about what's our goal as a Christian, it's to encourage one another and to help people be better. The biggest problem in society is self-worth. People feel like they've done so much that there's no hope. This is all I can be. I'm not good enough. And then that path just goes down, down, down. And who's pulling that individual or those families down that entire cycle? It's the devil. It's sin. And then now we're going to talk about the last one, number five. This is forgiveness. And this is a touchy subject, and I want to be real careful because I've been in sermons before where folks or preachers and individuals in a church will talk about, well, you just need to get over it. Forgive. You know what? Forgiveness takes time, and it takes a different amount of time for every individual. I mean, I'm going to tell you, like, human beings are capable of doing unthinkable things. And I don't believe that God expects us to forgive on, on a, you know, okay, well, I just accept it. You know, they hurt me. I forgive them. That's not how God works. He doesn't work like that with anything else. It's a growth. It's a journey. So I want to be real careful about when I talk about forgiveness Forgive on God's timeline and your timeline. God will work with you to forgive, and it may take some time, and it may take 
in some cases, a lifetime. So I just get really uneasy when people tell me or, or speak to a group of people and say, forgive, 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 forget, move on, move on. You know what? It's not that simple. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Colossians 3.13. So clearly, we are challenged to forgive and asked to forgive. I like some of these quotes. Forgiveness doesn't excuse their behavior. Forgiveness prevents their behavior from destroying your heart. To be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. So again, hopefully it makes sense why I was so adamant about I'm not up here trying to tell you guys whatever you've gone through, just forgive because that's not realistic. Forgiveness is very, very difficult. But I can confidently express that God can help you through anything. And sometimes it's going to feel like God, I'm failing here. I cannot let this go. But he is all-powerful. He will be there. And there'll be times where you're like, where are you, God? Like, you left me. He didn't leave us. Everybody's seen the footprints in the sand. Maybe he's carrying you. Maybe, maybe it's a time that you just need reflection on to maybe look at things from a different perspective. What's most important? What's your priorities? How can you forgive someone or, or some group of people that have done something to you so that you cannot be bitter and carry that? It's tough. Trust me. The last two things I was going to cover was um, I found two prayers that I thought were really interesting. Everyone's heard of the serenity prayer. I really like this one, and it's something that I'm certainly going to utilize, but love the wording, God, grant me the serenity to stop beating myself up for not doing things perfectly. <laughs> the courage to forgive myself because I'm working on doing better and the wisdom to know that you are already love me just the way I am. That is powerful. So that means I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to be transformed into this incredible church member or this incredible speaker or Sabbath school teacher or kid, a teacher of the kids group. I don't have to do those things. God, you already love me just the way I am. And he sees potential in each and every one of us. And the second one was very short. God, when I lose hope, help me to remember that your love is greater than my disappointments and your plans for my life are better than my dreams does that mean that God has plans to have a long distant uncle send me $500,000 probably not those would be my plans <laughs> what God would what God's plan could potentially be is I want you to build your character to build your integrity. I want you to be honest. I want you to show servanthood. And I want to, through those experiences, I want to draw you closer to me so that you can put up with things that are coming. And whether I'm here to experience those things or not, that's all about 
my self-growth. Thanks for listening. We'll go from here. Mark.